do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.asade.edu. Hello, I'm Pedro Rey, a professor of behavioral economics here at ESADE, and I'm with Professor Ivanka Viznitz uh, to talk about the gender bias in academia. So, hello, Ivanka. Um, why don't you start telling us a little bit about your personal experience and your perspective of what is the situation of women in academia? Hi, Pedro. Sure, uh, it would be my pleasure. So, I'm, um, I just recently got uh, promoted uh, to the role of the associate professor. Congratulations, I guess. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, actually, it's been a year, but it feels like yesterday. Um, and I want to focus on that particular part of uh, the career experience for women. The transition from the assistant professor, the entry po as professorship position, to uh, obtaining associate professorship or tenure in academia. I think this is the pivotal position for women where a lot of women actually uh, struggle uh, throughout, through the process. and. Uh, from my personal experience and experience of some of the uh, women uh, ladies that are in my entourage, I would uh, I think it goes down to two particular uh, gender roles uh -huh. that are setting up women to fail or to be less likely to succeed in the process of tenure. Uh -huh. So the first has to do with um, women being uh, socially conditioned and also expected to be humble. Um, I think that creates um, challenges in the teaching environment. So students tend to highly evaluate confidence, humbleness, and confidence, particularly when you're just starting your teaching experience, do not mix well. And uh, this leads to uh, generally lower evaluation uh -huh. for women um, in when it comes to the student evaluations so which is actually shocking that you still get that result even if probably there is selection of women who go into academia they probably are not the less confident women the ones who go who go in so the fact that there is a still a difference between the two is, is even more shocking right absolutely and we have very strong um actually statistically significant results a study of about twenty thousand student evaluation shows that uh, women are discriminated. Female professors are discriminated uh -huh. by both female and male students, and especially male students. And the results are uh, particularly challenging for young female faculty. So what does that mean? Women tend to get lower student evaluations, and as a result, need to invest more time in teaching preparations, which decreases their time for research, which eventually is what they will get evaluated it's on. So much more important for tenure. Absolutely. So tenure decisions are uh, mainly made on, on the basis of the research portfolio. And it also, unfortunately, that the tenure track decision comes at the time where we have all been struggling through our PhD, so we are postponing other decisions in life. But then we have like a second PhD, which is a tenure process. So by the time we want to have kids, we want to raise a family, if we want to have tenure at the same time, it's, it's a big problem. Absolutely. And that is, again, something that's more challenging for women because 
the time that women obtain tenure coincides with uh, the time when they are supposed to be creating families. And it's harder for women due to the bi biological clock to postpone those uh, decisions than it is for men. But besides teaching and uh, the bias in student evaluations, there is another factor that probably also aggravates the position of women throughout tenure. And that has to do with uh, the female role of being empathetic and helpful and the higher propensity of women to get asked to do institutional um, contributions mm -hmm. that are not evaluated nor rewarded throughout tenure. But they are expected. But they are expected. Mm -hmm. And women are uh, expected to do them more or they are, uh, well, expected to say no less often. Mm -hmm. okay? So again, this is something that uh, is uh, time drained for, for young uh, women and, uh, and tends to, uh, this, uh, to, to, to put uh, time pressure and uh, have them devote uh, time instead of uh, focusing on their research. How much do you think this has to do with you know, what society expects from women? And how much you know, it's, it may actually be the fact that there may be differences that may be sociological or they may be biological, we don't know. But how much you know, it's, it's society or is that we actually have different gender roles and we behave different? So for example, I'm thinking on the literature on gender and competition that says that, uh, that women, in, in some experiments it has been shown that women, when they are asked to either compete or do some tasks uh, being paid for a, a piece rate, they prefer not to compete while guys go the other way around. Or the other result, which is when you force women to compete, actually they decrease their performance with respect to what they would be doing without competition. So I guess this has a translation to the labor market, because the labor market in itself may be considered as competitive. And, and perhaps part of the gender wage gap and the fact that women don't occupy so many positions could be driven not only because of things we know that we dislike and are there, like discrimination, but also because at the end of the day, you know, if the labor market is competitive, perhaps they are choosing not to compete or perhaps they are not so good at competing. So at to what point is just a stereotype or is it something that is actually there? What do you think? I think it's a mixed bag. I think to a large extent, uh, we see uh, social conditioning, the way that uh, girls and eventually women are raised to behave. Uh -huh. And I think that's particularly pronounced in, uh, in women um, having to be nice and humble as opposed to being uh, presenting themselves as competitive and aggressive. If you're a, a confident woman, you often get to be called a witch or differently. Right? <laughs> That's horrible. So, uh, so I think that there is a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of social conditioning. There's a lot that has to do with how we are raised as women, and then also what society expects us to behave like. Especially because in academia, you are not expected to be humble. It's a dirty world there. It's a very competitive market in which you have to publish as well as possible, etc. So it's, there's a little bit of a contradiction. What is expected from a woman? Perhaps a woman, an academic, a female academic, is expected to do two things at the same time that are not so compatible. You have to be uh, humble, but at the same time, you have to publish, and you have to be in conference, and you have to do research. And actually, there's recent research that is showing that even controlling for quality of papers and, uh, and for many, many controls, at the end of the day, when we are evaluating our, on our research, or when we send our papers uh, for the editing process, or when we want to uh, get into conference, actually women of the same quality as guys, they get less citations, they publish less. They, so there, it may be that we are asking way too many things 
for a woman and things that are actually not compatible. I think I think you're you're right, Pedro. I think that when you look at assistant professors, uh, for every male assistant professor, you have a, a one uh, female assistant professor. When you look at associate professor, for every one associate professor, there are two m male associate professors, and then. In Europe, it even goes down, it goes up to one in four. One lady, four males. So women tend to... Uh, uh, they don't make they, it to the they end. They do not make it till the end. Uh, it's even worse with, with the Nobel Prizes. So if we look at Nobel Prizes in economics, there are only two women who have won the Nobel Prizes. And it was just very, very, then in the very last few years. So there's also data outside of economics in terms of Nobel Prizes. Yeah, definitely. Altogether, 48 Nobel Prize winners are female. 844 are uh, quite substantial differences so when we it seems that research is where uh, women suffer the most mm -hmm. and what do you think we could do about that for that so is there anything being done and actually what could we do about it I think there's a combination of measures some are short-term some are long-term I think one thing that's very important is to have more female role models speaking up about how they manage their tenure process as mm -hmm. well as other uh, parts of their career track uh, educating and helping younger uh, women uh, in the profession uh, i think it's a matter of um, um, also making it clear and uh, um, acknowledging that there is a difference um, making sure that students know that they are uh, they tend to be biased mm -hmm. uh, towards women even so, you mentioned, right, that even women are, are biased against women and they may not yeah, even know it. Absolutely. I think it's a lot of awareness building for the students, uh, mentoring and coaching uh, young female professors. And then there would there could be some uh, shorter measures that are potentially controversial, like quotas, but uh, may be needed to a certain extent and on the short term. Sure, I'm, I'm actually remember, I'm a member of uh, something called No Sin Mujeres, in Spanish, Not Without Women, which was a, an initiative uh, signed by social scientists saying in any experts forum, in workshops and things like that, we will not participate unless there's at least one woman, which is a very mild measure, but, uh, but still, even if it was so mild, it got a lot of heat, a lot of controversy, because people were saying, oh, but what would happen if uh, there's not a woman that is a, as good as men and then we are forcing a, a not so good woman to be present there, which I thought it was kind of bogus in the sense that for any anything, it's not that difficult to, to, to find females uh, as good or even better than, than male. So just imposing, I don't know if going all the way to imposing quotas and what those quotas should be, but just forcing them a little bit after all these years in which men, male have had uh, prevalence I don't see that as a, as a big problem no yeah I think we already know that there is a there is a bias uh, that favors men um, certain measures that level the field to a certain extent um, I think are uh, are going to be helpful on on the long run very good thank you very much for for being here with us and we'll see you in another SADE podcast if you still want to learn more remember you can register on our platform dobetter.asade.edu That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do better.